I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Warning, you're about to enter the arena and join the battle to save America with your host, Sean Parnell. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Battleground Live. Thank you for holding the line with me and standing in the trenches. I really appreciate it. This show is and will always be about saving this great country. We defend this country because we believe it to be exceptional. So I'm I'm so, so grateful that we have all the patriots with us today. Uh, And guess what? So Today's a very special day on Battleground Live. We just passed 6,000 subscribers. We haven't been doing this for that long, but 6,000 subscribers, hey, that's a big deal. We're building a real movement here, and and you all are a part of it. You're ambassadors. Um, I got to tell you a little story about Brock, who, again, is on the other end of this stream. He's he's behind the curtain on this show. Um, His well wish today to me before I went live was, hey, don't suck. <laughs> Brock is very, very special. And so as we cross 6,000 subscribers, I want to thank Brock and I want to thank Wendy Bell. Uh, and to all you who are listening on the Wendy Bell radio app, thank you for listening. Um, they really had faith in me from the very beginning to do this show. And and I'm glad we're doing it. Brock asked me before we before we went live, he's like, hey, Sean, are you having fun while you do this? And I said, absolutely. It's it's a uh, this is really fun. And as I tell you every single show, folks, this is your show. It will always be your show and it will always be free. So if you're watching right from the top, make sure you like and rumble this program. Rumble notices that stuff. The more they notice, the more advertisers that we get, the more advertisers that we get. I, I might be able to build a studio to get away from these crazy kids, get away from the cat's litter box and, and bring you a better quality program. So rumble away. We need your help. And also be sure to subscribe to this podcast, to the show. Um, it is free. It will always be free. And it comes to you every single night at 5 p.m. live right here on Rumble. So again, thank you all. Oh, one more thing check this out new t-shirts just got in so we order these t-shirts from it's a veteran-owned uh company um we order these t-shirts they come from colorado with a guy that owns the company um he got hurt so it took us a while to get him in but we just got them in and commander melanie is upstairs in fort parnell with the parnell children ethan and natalie and melanie they're all in the chat by the way so if you see them be sure to say hi they're upstairs right now fulfilling back ordered t-shirt order so i know that some of you all have ordered your t-shirts a while ago you've been waiting a while for them well you're not going to have to wait anymore because we're going to we're going to get them in the mail as soon as humanly possible and every single person in fort parnell is working in a very steadfast way to make sure that that happens so thank you for your patience uh, and thank you for ordering from battleground apparel company it's a brand new company that we rolled out and so it's just a company for for people who love this country and the t-shirts represent that. We've got a couple more designs coming out very soon, but we are fulfilling those orders now. I also want to thank Deepwell for being the founding sponsor of this program. You are the best. Let's get to the top, couple of the top headlines of the day. Hunter Biden was indicted on felony gun charges. Okay, so we don't know a whole lot about this other than what I just told you. So this is, to me, it's a step in the right direction but do not be deceived. My sense about these charges, right, are they just, they're, hey, we want to give people a sense that the that justice, our, our justice system is working as it should. And look, Hunter Biden was, was charged with a crime. You've asked for him to be charged, and now he's charged. We've, we're upholding the law. Never mind the fact that this is probably one of the only charges that cannot be tied back to Joe Biden. Okay, Uh, and how about 
you know, even though this is a step in the right direction, let's not forget about the unregistered foreign lobbying. What about that? Uh, what about Hunter Biden paying half of his father's salary with corrupt oligarch money? How about that? How about human trafficking prostitutes across state lines? How about that? Uh, I, I think that so, again, positive step. But I want to see more. This is like the the least that they could do at this point with all the evidence that's come forth now. I also want to make you aware of, of a nonprofit called Marco Polo. It's a 501c3. They released a 640-page report, 400 in detail, in meticulous detail, 459 crimes involving the Biden family international crime syndicate. You, I think you can go online and just look up Marco Polo and Marco Polo book or Marco Polo report and buy one on your own. They're selling them and you can read about these crimes on your own. Uh, but, uh, but, uh, Hunter Biden, by the way, is suing, uh, the 501c3 Marco Polo to stop them from releasing this. So that tells you everything that you need to know. This is also available on the Wendy Bell radio app under resources. So we're bringing all this stuff to you every single day. The facts right at your fingertips. So you're looking for this stuff, go right to the Wendy Bell radio ta- radio app. It's under resources. Um, and you can get all that information there. Um, also, Speaker McCarthy gave a master's class to on how to deal with mouth breathers in the media who are putting their heads in the sand deliberately with this. There's no evidence. There's no direct evidence. There's no hard evidence. There's nothing that links Hunter Biden and Joe Biden together. There's no evidence that would implicate the president of the United States over and over and over again. I mean, I don't have any supercuts of of the no evidence stuff for you today. Um, but I'm telling you, it, it, Brock could find one in five seconds and we can play it on the show right now because the Democrats, along with their allies in the media, are out in force with this no evidence, no evidence, no evidence, no evidence, seeding the battlefield with that narrative uh, in prep for what is an up and coming impeachment inquiry. No doubt about it. You watch. That's what they're doing. But the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, gave a master's class on unraveling an Associated Press uh, journalist at a stand-up press conference today, and I want you to watch this. Check out this video. Roll the tape. What impeachment inquiry is to do is to get answers to questions. Are you concerned about all the stuff that was just recently learned? Do you have any concern? Have you asked the White House any questions? Yes. Okay. Do you agree that, do you believe the president lied to the American public when he said he'd never talked to his son about business dealings? Yes or no? It's all right. I can't answer that. You, you can't answer that? Do you believe when they said the president went on conference calls? Do you believe that happened? That's what the testimony says. Okay. Yeah. Do you believe the president went to Cafe Milano and had dinner with the, with the clients of Hunter Biden, who believes he got those clients because he was selling the brand? That's what the testimony okay. says. Okay. Do you believe Hunter Biden, when you saw the video of him driving a Porsche, that he got $143,000 to buy that Porsche the next day? Do you believe the $3 million from the Russian oligarch that was transferred to the shell companies that the Bidens controlled after the dinner from Cafe Milano took place? For the testimony. Okay, then I go back. Do you think the president lied that he... When but he is that an impeachable, is lying an impeachable Well, you want, you want to know, I'm not saying impeachment. All I'm saying is I would like to know answers to these questions. The American public ought to know, and that's what impeachment inquiry... <laughs> Are you kidding me? I mean, it, I'm, it, but it's lying and impeachable offense. You literally just admitted all of these things that would implicate Joe Biden that essentially prove that Joe Biden is is involved in Hunter Biden's business dealings. Yes, that's what the testimony said. Yes, that's that's what the testimony said. Do you believe that that Joe Biden and Hunter Biden uh, met with a Russian oligarch in Washington, D.C. at Cafe Milano? Yes, that's what the testimony said. But is lying an impeachable offense? Wait, God, the lying, it's not about, for, of course, lying is part of it, but he just went through a litany of questions to which she responded, yes, that's what the testimony says, and still was not able to connect the dots at the end. And this is what I told you yesterday. Do not believe the media gaslighting about this, the, oh, the no evidence for the impeachment inquiry. There is the, the very fact that Joe Biden 
initially said that he was not involved or never spoke to any of Hunter Biden's business partners. And now we know that, in fact, he did. At first, it was a, he, he didn't talk. And then it was just he just talked about the weather. And then now we have text messages where Hunter Biden has Joe Biden on speakerphones, intimidating member and members of the Communist Chinese part, uh, Chinese Communist Party. So we know that Joe Biden was involved now. So that fact pattern in and of itself that Joe Biden initially said he never had any communication and now he does. That's in and of itself enough to me to initiate an impeachment inquiry. The inquiry itself is the investigation, which is the intent behind an investigation is to gather evidence. But the media is saying that there's not enough evidence to gather evidence. Do you see what they're doing there? Don't buy their gaslighting. okay? but Kevin McCarthy, every Republican that's running for office now or incumbent uh, that's in office, Watch what Kevin McCarthy did there. It was so important. Don't, if you are a Republican running for office, I say this all the time, but your job is not to ingratiate yourself with the media. You are going to feel pulled to do that. It's, you're going to want to, you're going to feel pulled to be in the popular club or in the cool kids club. That is not for you. Your job is to be an outlier. Your job is to learn the facts and defend your argument because the media is going to want to pull you in a whole other direction. And then they're going to they're going to want to bring you on ABC, CBS, NBC as the useful idiot Republican. And they'll pat you on the back and they'll make you feel cool. And really, they'll be talking smack on you in, in, in the green room thinking you're a total idiot that's screwing over your fellow Republicans. Don't be that guy. Be the Republican that that knows and understands the issue, that doesn't adhere to talking points, that can push back with facts and be relentless. So take a page out of Kevin McCarthy's book. Next big story that just came out, Real Clear Politics Average, and this is a huge deal, has Trump leading by 0.4. Okay, I'm going to say that again. The Real Clear Politics Average has President Trump leading uh, against President Joe Biden right now by 0.4. This is significant. It's significant because when was the last time any of these polls had President Trump winning? They haven't. Can you remember any time that that like general election against Joe Biden uh, or even in a general election in 2016 against Hillary Clinton where they had Trump winning? No, no. And now you see exactly why the media and Democrats in Washington are in wholesale panic mode about Donald Trump. They don't know how to stop him. That's why they're trying to throw him in jail. That's why you're seeing these 14th Amendment lawsuits pop up and all at the same time in swing states all across the country. Why? Because they don't know how to stop President Trump. The only thing, their only hope is to put him in jail. Their only hope is to kick him off the ballot. Their only hope is death by a thousand cuts, lawfare, you know, making bleed his fundraising dry so that by the time he does get to a general election, he has no money to fight the fight. So do not believe the narrative from, from Democrats and their allies in the media, but even more insidiously, never Trump Republicans. Because here's the thing with never Trump Republicans. I, at least I know the media and the Democrats are against me. If you're a Republican, and, and, and Rich Barris said this better than I could today, but he said it eloquently and powerfully yesterday. Hey, look, I get it that maybe you didn't see President Trump coming in 2016. Totally get it. He was an insurgent candidate. He saw something very clearly that other people did not see. It took me, I mean, I eventually was on the Trump train, like probably after South Carolina in the primary in 2016, but it took me a little while to see it myself. But it, okay, so it's cool. You didn't see it back then. No big deal. But what the hell are you doing now? What are you waiting on? Again, the, the base is, a, you cannot separate the base from President Trump. You can't. And that's because the base became it came before President Trump. President Trump is just the end result. He represents all of them. He's the guy. He's the only one with a movement behind him. And if you're a never Trump Republican, it's high time that you realize that and stop trying to divide the party because ultimately you're hurting President Trump in a general election. So the show is titled Republicans can win if if we do these things, okay? So yesterday, we talked about an unlikely group that can save this country. And that unlikely group is unlikely voters. And Trump is the only candidate who, since 2016, that has had 
any level of effectiveness with regards to bringing those people out. When I tell you that President Trump brings out a crazy cross-section of voters, this is precisely what I mean. There are people who have never voted before in their entire life, but will drag themselves through a football field of broken glass just to vote for President Trump. Those people who don't historically vote, vote for pre- are going to vote for President Trump by a three to one margin over, over President Joe Biden. That is a huge, huge, it's a huge deal. The, 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 the potential uh, for the 2024 election could, could be earth shattering. And so I think when you look at all of these things in total, now the real clear politics average has Joe Biden up significantly. There's nothing that they can do to stop President Trump. Every since they released the mugshot, his polling has gone through the roof. His fundraising has gone through the roof. It's like every single time they roll out another indictment, he he climbs two, three, four points in the polls. There's nothing they can do to stop him, which is why they're resorting to all these crazy things to remove him in the ballot, to either throw him in jail. The reason why they're doing those things, and this is what we tried to impress upon you yesterday with Rich Barris, is that there's, yes, are the Democrats going to cheat? Of course they're going to cheat. They've been cheating since 1960 in elections, okay? That's not a conspiracy theory. You can go back and read books about, you know, when Lyndon B. Johnson was was president, where the Democrats talked about cheating in Chicago, Illinois, with JFK and Nixon. I mean, they, they openly admit it. Of course they cheat. But if these unlikely voters turn out in the way in which we're seeing now, they actually show up and do the job and vote, the Democrats aren't going to be able to cheat enough to overcome the red wave that's coming. And with President Trump at the top of the ticket, do not believe the lies for a second that he hurts people down ballot. No, he does not, because that crazy cross section of people who show up oftentimes vote for the Republicans beneath them as well. And those people don't historically show up unless President Trump is on the ballot. Okay, I've given you this stat before, but look in Erie County, Pennsylvania. It's it is a swing county in the state of Pennsylvania. And even though you're not many of you are probably not from Pennsylvania who are watching this program, Pennsylvania matters to you. Because if Republicans win the state of Pennsylvania, if Trump wins the state of Pennsylvania, he will likely win the presidency. So Pennsylvania, even if you're not from here, is is unbelievably important to the goals of conservative Republicans all across this country. So Erie County in 2016, Trump managed to win a heavily Democrat county by 2000 votes in 2018 with Trump off the ballot. Republicans lost Erie County, even though we have a great congressman up there representing Erie County, Republican congressman. We lost Erie County by about 18,000 votes. Now, in 2020, we lost Erie County again, but it was by 2000 votes. So you can see the unlikely voters, the people who just showed up for Trump in a presidential cycle, but namely most most mostly because President Trump was at the top of the ticket, the tune of 15,000 some voters. You do that in counties all across this country and swing states all across this country. That is a statistically huge difference. Now you add to that fact that Joe Biden has a dismal, dismal, dismal record. He's not a blank slate anymore. He's been a terrible president. It, we've seen record inflation. The Bidenomics is an abject disaster, along with that walking, talking, animated corpse of a mouth breather of a, a, of a child sniffing president that we have. He's a disaster. He has a record. People see it. They feel it in their pocketbooks. There's nothing that they can do uh, to stop this momentum. But there are things that our party can do to seize seize this initiative, to hold the hilltop. Step one. Okay. And this, this is, this is, this, I mean, Scott Pressler is, is one of the only Republicans that's out there doing this day, day in and day out in swing states all across this country. Our party is less effective. I'm not saying that they're not trying to do this stuff. They are. They're just less effective at it. Okay. But, it, and I think sometimes they have their priorities like all, all jacked up. But I'm going to run through with you all by the numbers exactly what we need to do as a party nationwide, but especially in swing states to seize this initiative and continue with the momentum that we have right now. Step one is we have absolutely got to close the voter registration deficit in critical swing states like Arizona, Arizona, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Georgia, North Carolina, Wisconsin. In a state like Pennsylvania, we have been closing that gap. Republicans have been closing that gap since 2016. So one can make the argument that in the critical swing state of Pennsylvania, 
uh, again, for those naysayers who say President Trump simply can't win here. Well, President Trump won in Pennsylvania when it was a hell of a lot more hostile to Republicans than it is right now. So the voter registration deficit in the state of Pennsylvania is 435,000. And what that means is there are 435,000 more, more registered Democrats than there are Republicans. And what that means is, is that Democrats can essentially win this state without a single Republican vote. Republicans, the reverse is not true, of course, for Republicans. You've got to be able to pull out Democrats. You've got to be able to pull independents and you've got to be able to pull those unlikely voters that I just talked to you about. But what Republicans can be doing right now as a national party and as a movement is spending tens of millions of dollars going into areas and doing everything that they can to register voters. It's hard work. It's difficult work. It's unsexy work. You're not going to see that represented in cool television commercials. It's costly and it's tough. And it's tough because it's almost easier to convince somebody to vote for a certain candidate than it is to convince them that the Republican Party is for you, that we as, as conservatives, constitutional conservatives, represent your values. That's a much di more difficult sell to people. You know, because at the end of the day, when you go vote for somebody, uh, you're you're likely going to pull the lever for the person that you like the most. I mean, that that's that's like 90 percent of the time. That's how we vote for the person that we like the most. Convincing people to register as Republican is, is much more difficult, which is why it's so expensive. But it's critically important. And you see why in, in the state of Pennsylvania. Now, Arizona is a little bit more favorable. The voter registration deficit isn't quite as severe. The same thing with Nevada, same thing with North Carolina, same thing with, with Wisconsin. But that shows you that it's even more important to close that voter registration gap. That way, Democrats actually have to spend money, real money, to go up on TV and win these races. Step two, you've, we've got to opt in what we call low propensity voters into mail-in ballot programs. Now, I know most of you who are watching this are thinking, oh, mail-in ballots, oh, they suck, there's fraud, and you would be correct. I completely agree. I had two two court cases at the United States Supreme Court challenge, challenging this very topic, but we have to fight and win battlefields as they stand in the conditions that, that, that we have right now, not in, not in the conditions that we wish we had. Okay, so this, this is the system that we have in states like Pennsylvania, Nevada, Georgia, and other places. So what we need to do are find those people who Trump brings out and say, hey, look, I know you don't, you're not registered to vote in every election, but hey, no big deal, right? Here's a mail-in ballot. Check this block. Opt in for life so you get one mailed every single election cycle right to your front door. And in that way, it just becomes a matter of party leaders calling that person. Hey, did you turn in your ballot? Did you get your mail-in ballot? Did you sign it? Did you fill it out? Did you mail it back in? What you do when you opt in low propensity voters is you effectively build a database. And that database can be on Excel, an Excel spreadsheet right on your computer. Okay, look at the thousand people that we mailed these ballots to. Okay, I know that they got them. They were delivered on this date. So now it's my job as somebody in the Republican Party to just go down the list and call people. Did you turn your ballot in? Like, make sure you turn your ballot in. And that way we keep our floor of turnout, of voter turnout high. This is how the Democrats win. This is how they've weaponized the mail-in ballot program. Well, we need to do the same thing. And once we seize power, we can nix all this mail-in ballot crap and go to paper ballots on one-day voting. But we've got to win first. Step three, you have to vote early. Absolutely have to. It, swing states, it's absolutely critical. Again, it sucks. I don't like voting early because so many things change a month before an election ends. I mean, look at look at Pennsylvania, for example. Before John Fetterman stumbled and bumbled onto that debate stage with, with Dr. Oz, he had already banked 400 plus 50, 450,000 plus early votes. Now, how many of those people watched that debate and said, well, damn, I wish I had that vote back? probably quite a bit. So of course I don't like early voting, okay? But it's also unbelievably it it puts Republicans at an unbelievable disadvantage when we don't early vote. And so take those low propensity voters that we opted in, convince them to mail in vote so that so that or, or mail in their vote early so that we're not going in on election day down 450,000 votes in a critical swing state like Pennsylvania. Vote early. Get low propensity voters to vote early. Step four, we've got to show up. 
support good candidates up and down the ballot. And that means knocking doors, making phone calls, volunteering, getting in the trenches. This includes off-year election cycles. And that means school boards, judicial races, municipal races, et cetera. I mean, the Dems have been laser focused and quietly so on these elections for years. That's how we have those these radical, crazy mouth breathers on school boards. Dems will find somebody. They have a national, they have a, a their national party identifies people down, even down at the precinct and county level who are these radical, these radical, crazy mouth breathers to run for school board's elections. And then they'll find George Soros to fund them. And that's how we end up with porn in our schools. And Republicans are focused on the big, sexy races like Senate, governor, president. But oftentimes we lose sight of just how important those municipal races are, those those down ballot races. We've got to focus on those things. And if we don't have conservative judges, when you talk about judicial races, if you don't have conservative judges at the state and local election, at the state and local level, and I'm talking courageous conservative justices, a close election is as good as lost. Need I remind you of the 2020 election where the the false narrative that Trump had all of his cases kicked out of court or he he didn't win any of his cases? That's complete nonsense. No, there hardly any judges in this damn country had the backbone or the spine to take up an election case and evaluate it on the merits. Almost 95 percent of all President Trump's cases were kicked out on some BS standing issue. Never heard voter fraud never heard on the merits. This is why judicial races are so important. Elect conservative judges. I'm less concerned with electing Republican judges. Elect conservative, constitutional conservative judges that have a spine and are willing to hear these cases because our elections could depend on it. Step five. Are you writing this down? This is just really, really, really important stuff. Rhonda McDaniel, I'm talking to you. Our party has to be forward thinking with regards to election lawsuits. I'm going to say that again. We have to be on offense with regards to election lawsuits. I mean, we have to conduct lawfare of our own. I mean, this is so important. And I'll give you a prime example on redistricting in Pennsylvania. Mark Elias and his and his cronies, Mark Elias and his cronies at the Democrat Party filed two separate lawsuits to try to commandeer and take control of redistricting in the great state of Pennsylvania, in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Initially, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, which is a 5-2 Democrat supermajority, rejected their first motion for a King's Bench petition to get the redistricting map in front of that favorable court. Mark Elias filed another motion for a King's Bench petition to go to the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, and he won. But the Pennsylvania Supreme Court said, well, let's how let's figure out how the Commonwealth Court's going to rule first, which is a lower court. And eventually that case got to the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. And what map did they pick? They picked they picked the Democrat map, the, the what they call the Carter map. Who drew the Carter map? The very same attorney who filed the lawsuits in the first place. What the hell were Republicans doing during all that time? They were totally asleep at the wheel. And so now Pennsylvania has a a, a map that was selected by a 5-2 Democrat Pennsylvania Supreme Court drawn by the very lawyer, the Carter map, Mark Elias. Mark Elias was the guy that that, that was responsible for the Russia collusion hoax, by the way, and the Steele dossier and all that BS. His team drew the map that, that congressional representatives in this, in the state of Pennsylvania have to run in. Republicans were completely asleep at the wheel the whole time. So instead of reacting and being on defense, go on offense in these critical swing states and start filing redistricting and election lawsuits of your own. Make the Democrats react to us for once. Step six, and this is really important, especially for people who are watching this program, donate to candidates who can win. And I mean, if you think you can't, if you think you can give more, give more, but give directly. Don't go to WinRed. Don't go to these other sites because then you'll just be opted into their text messages forever. Write a check, mail it to their committee, money that is contributed directly to candidates. And I know this. I ran twice. Fundraising dollars for political candidates at the at the local, state and federal level. Think of it like this. They're like bullets in your gun in combat and and, and television ads are synonymous to air power in combat. If you in combat are surrounded, outmanned, and outgunned with no bullets in your gun and no air power, you're totally screwed. 
Likewise, if you're running a political campaign, say in a very critical swing district, and your opponent outraises you 10 to 1, he's going to be able to knock more doors, send out more mailers, mailers, and probably do two, three, four TV television ads that do nothing but relentlessly attack you and you have no bullets to respond. You have no way to shoot back. If you can't raise money. You can't do that, that stuff. And let me tell you something. The Democrats never want for money. And the reason why I'm telling you all this is that there are probably a thousand nonprofit organizations, non-governmental organizations. And I mean, I'm not exaggerating. A thousand funded to the tunes of billions of dollars, dark money groups that the Democrats use to do this stuff in all 50 states in this country. The Republicans have nothing like that. Not even joking. They don't even have a single thing like that. And, and nobody is doing the stuff that I just told you. That's That's how we seize on this momentum. That's how we win elections. That's how we save this country. Last step, step seven, Republicans need to unite. So if you missed the Trump wave, the populist wave in 2016, fine, no big deal. But it's here. It's here to stay. Trump's the man. He's the leader of the party. Get behind him or get the hell out of the race. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. If your strategy is wait to see if the guy is kicked off a ballot in a swing state or waiting to see if he goes to prison, get the hell out of the race. We don't need you. But the Trump train is moving. You're on the tracks. You're in the way. Get off. And another perfect example of this is the law firm Holt, Holtzman Vogel, which it's they are they are actively trying in the state of Michigan to, to, to remove the presumptive GOP nominee and Donald Trump from the ballot. Now, Holtzman Vogel is a Republican firm that's been paid over $37 million by Republican candidates and Republican committees. Holtzman Vogel is currently on the payroll of the RNC. This is completely and totally outrageous. Never mind the horrific legal precedent that this sets by trying to remove a presumptive nominee from either party from the ballot, thereby denying the will of the people, denying the people the ability to vote for that person. That pr legal precedent is horrifying enough. But why the hell is a Republican firm doing this? It's absolutely ludicrous. So Republicans, if you're out there, our party, I'm sorry if you don't like President Trump, you don't like his comportment or whatever, <laughs> like unite or die. And not just our party, but our country, because that's the situation that we're in. Bank on it. Um, all right. Moving right along. I want to thank we're going to talk about this speech that Joe Biden gave uh, on the economy today. And of course, he was a total disaster. They couldn't string together a coherent sentence. But first, I want to thank. Oh, you see that behind me? This is what I wore. This is what it, this is why I do this all the time, Brock. What's the airplay airplay passcode? Oh, my word. This is live television, people. I don't know what is going on here. Let me see if I can fix this real quick. Hang on a second, people. I don't know what this is. Oh, my goodness. One second. Oh, my. All right, we're just going to go without it. I don't know. This is why you need what do I do? I don't know. Turn it off. This is why you need a new studio. This is exactly why I need a new studio. One of my kids is up there trying to do airplay and messing with my... They're down to bottom. There we go. Did it work? Did it come back? Yes, it's back. Is it back? Oh, it's back. Oh, my God. See? This is why I need a new studio. I'm down here. My kids are trying to airplay stuff and like messing with the Wi-Fi on the TV. And by the way, this is a live production, people. This is just how it goes. Um, Brock, we saw him, the man behind the curtain. He's back. Um, okay. Thanks to Cabot Guns. You're a great sponsor. You make the best 1911s in the business. This show would not be possible for you um, without you. Um, so let's get to the speech, okay, uh, and get the show back on track. But Joe Biden today. Um, gave a speech on Bidenomics versus Maganomics. Now, of course, he made up the term Maganomics. What the hell does that even mean? I have absolutely no idea. Um, of course, the, the speech was completely filled with lies. He stumbled. He bumbled. He screamed. He did that little creepy whisper. Made very little sense. He bragged about an economy that is clearly failing. You know it. I know it. The American people know it. 
Um, the Washington Post actually reported today that adults are ordering off kids' menus because of inflation. That's not exactly a strong economic indicator, right? Um, Biden claimed that he taught political theory at the University of Pennsylvania, and then he was paid a million. Actually, that's not true. He never taught a single class, but he was paid a million bucks doing all of that. So clearly that was a lie. He promised to get gas prices down again. Uh, gas was at $2.39 a gallon when he took office and only rose sky high from there, never actually went down. Biden falsely claimed that he kept the promise of no one, no one making under $400,000 will see their federal taxes go up. Well, Biden raised taxes on on Americans making as little as $20,000 a year. You see, I've took notes here during his speech. I can't, I can't bring you the video. I, like He was literally giving the speech as we were going live, but I want to make sure you have the news. Um, Biden claimed he already cut the deficit by more than a trillion dollars. Moody's Analytics said the actions of, Bi of the Biden administration and Congress have undoubtedly resulted in higher deficits, not smaller ones. So this man, as we already know, is a hardcore pathological liar. He lies about literally everything. We're going to break it all down for you right now. And what the Democrats are doing is that not only are they parroting those lies, they're doing what they do best. They're gaslighting the American people. They're out there on the media trying to just tell you that the economy's great. But you all know that it's not. Uh, and look, I feel this on my own. I like I'm a, we come from a middle class family. We have five mouths to feed every single time we go to the grocery store. I mean, we we go to the grocery store probably every week, every two weeks, maybe um, seven people in this house probably cost 350, 400 bucks every time we go to the grocery store. Every time we fill up uh, my 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 SUV or 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 our car, it's, it's damn near 75 to 100 bucks every single time. I mean, prices are completely out of control. Um, but here's Joe Biden saying again that that we have the strongest economy in the world. And this is com a complete lie. Check this out. And today we have the strongest economy in the world, the lowest inflation rate among the major economies, 13.5 million new jobs. <laughs> he trots out this statistic, 13.5 million new jobs. No, you did not create 13.5 million new jobs. All he's talking about there are jobs that were lost because of COVID. Those jobs simply came back. People went back to work. People that were given a stay work from home, they just simply went back into the workforce. No, Joe Biden did not create those jobs out of thin air. Oh, Kevin, Brock is just telling me that you gave 10 bucks for the kids to get pizza and Mandy gave 20 bucks for the studio. <laughs> Thank you both so much. <laughs> like, I ain't lying to you when I say I do this. I'm like surrounded by kids. I got the dog chasing cats. It's like a miracle that I could even get through this show. But again, you don't have to give in the super chats, but thank you for doing so. 100% of what you give in those chats will go towards building uh, building a new studio for me. And I'll tell you what, uh, as we build it, I'll keep you in the loop the whole time. We'll post videos and stuff on social media. We'll, so, we'll even show some of them on the show. Um, and I have to tell you, the things keep going the way that they are on this show, which have been pretty damn awesome. Um, I think we're going to be building a, a new studio pretty quickly. Um, okay. So Joe Biden. Oh, so thank you again for this, for the tip. Um, Joe Biden went on in that very same speech. And this speech was one of like last week or maybe the week before. Um, but he goes on in the very same speech. Check this video out. We ought to take a step back and take note of the fact that America is now on the strongest job creating periods in our history, in the history of our country. And it wasn't that long ago that America was losing jobs. In fact, my predecessor was one of only two presidents in history who entered his presidency and left with fewer jobs than when he entered. Look, look at where we are now. Just this morning, we learned that the economy created 190,000 jobs last month. All told, we've added 13.5 million jobs since I took office around 800,000 of them manufacturing jobs. We created more jobs in two years than any president ever created in a four-year, single four-year term. We did it in two years. What's more, when I took office, the unemployment rate was 6.3%. 
The nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office predicted that it would not get below 4 percent until the end of 2025. Everything that he just told you in that was a lie. And it's like, if we had a real media in this country, they would be reporting on this relentlessly. I'm telling you, it's like when President Trump was in office, the media did nothing but run one hoax after the next. The economy was so good. America was in such a great place globally. We actually had peace in the Middle East. We had a border that was secure. We had a booming economy. We had gas that was $1.83 a gallon. I mean, we were energy independent. We were a net exporter of natural gas. President Trump went to bat for our military, made sure our warfighters had the world's best equipment. Um, he, he did everything that he could to revamp our Navy and our air force and built and make sure that they were outfitted with the best equipment in the world. He had the backs of our law enforcement officers. And, and now in, in just a couple of short years, Biden has turned that completely around. And so they, the media just does nothing but gaslight you about the economy. And they trotted out Paul Krugman, um, yesterday to do it. Now, Paul Krugman is a Nobel prize winning economist, although, that that actually means nothing today because the board of the Nobel Prize is comprised of all these mouth-breathing libs that that are Marxist libs that don't under, understand a damn thing about the economy. But but Paul Krugman, I don't know if you know him, but he is literally wrong about everything. Almost every single one of his economic predictions falls flat on its face. But they even trotted him out to talk about how great the economy is. Right? Like we're not they they don't actually they don't actually adhere to facts. They just tell you the economy's great. Now, now check this clip out and watch for yourself. The thing, if you look at it, it's not just, you know, the economic data have been surreally good. I mean, even optimists are just stunned by how quickly and how painlessly inflation has come down. We're, you know, no hint of a recession, at least so far, never know, but no, so far, inflation, not too far from the you know the target of two percent and it, it, under three percent by most measures uh, and all of that you know, just cheap painlessly so this is great this is this is a Goldilocks economy um, people say it's a terrible economy um, but what's really odd is that people don't behave as if it's a terrible economy um, you know we can talk about surveys. Um, which in which people seem to be relatively happy with their own financial situation, or we can just look at behavior. People are out there with a lot discretionary consumer spending, travel, hotels, restaurants, all of that is booming. So people are acting as if they're in good shape financially, and yet they say, wow, uh, this is a disastrous economy. Somebody must be disastrous for somebody, but not for me. And, um, you know, they... We don't really understand um, why this is happening, uh, but uh, you know, and I can come up with with multiple stories. But it is, I think, important to point out that there is a really profound and peculiar disconnect going on. So he's that's Paul Krugman there. Now he's oh, the economy's great for me. I just don't know who it's bad. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's bad for me. It's absolutely terrible. Now now Paul Krugman doesn't pump his own gas, doesn't buy his own gas, doesn't go to the grocery store, probably doesn't even drive himself around. I mean, he's totally detached again from any real working man or woman in this country. He doesn't know what it's like to wonder if you're going to be able to make the mortgage payment every month. He has no idea what it's like if it, you know if you miss a car payment. He this guy probably has no credit card debt. And he's totally clueless. And there he is sitting there telling you that the econ economic numbers are surreally good. And then he cited an inflation number that I've just got to call out. Oh, inflation's two percent. But what he's doing, they're using a number that omits some of the most critical factors like food and fuel and energy, all these things are through the roof. That's like saying, you know, I have a 4.0 except for, you know, Spanish and reading and history and English of which I have an F in those classes. But other than those Fs, I have a 4.0. This dude won a Nobel Prize in economics and he's just totally misleading and gaslighting the American people. And as you all know, gas is through the roof and it's through the roof just by the choices of the Biden administration. And Joe Biden put out a statement last week that is absolutely crazy, especially given 
that our strategic petroleum reserve is at its lowest point since 1983. Now that is, we use that in the event of a disaster or war. We have oil, we have gas here at home that the American people can use. But the, the Biden administration has been taking from that and sending it all over the country to artificially lower the cost of gas. But in doing so, he's hurting our national security. And obviously that's just a temporary fix. But Joe Biden said this last week, we're canceling all remaining oil and gas leases issued under the previous administration in the Arctic refuge and protecting more than 13 million acres in the Western Arctic. As the climate crisis warms the Arctic, we have a responsibility to protect this treasured region for all ages. The typical American household spent 709 more in July than they did two years ago to buy the same goods and services. And this is according to Moody Analytics. Now, yeah, if you're looking at the at, at the, the inflation numbers and you're saying, hey, we're not going to measure the, the rising cost of commodities. We're not going to talk about food. We're not going to talk about gas. We're not going to talk about utilities. We're not going to talk about how much that stuff has you know, seen meteoric growth. We're just going to talk about baseline core inflation. Well, then, yeah, I guess maybe it's 2%. But those things actually matter. And I just read the stats to you, $709 more than they did two years ago. That is not a statistically insignificant number. Bidenomics, this whole Bidenomics BS, it is, it's more than just a bumper sticker. And this is what Joe Biden would have you believe. It's great. And he's going to expect you to slap that bumper sticker on your cars. But the, here are the facts, okay? 42% say they're skipping meals in this country. 51% say they're eating less. 40% rely on charity, family, and friends. 34% have visited a food pantry. Credit card delinquencies are through the roof. Mortgage rates are through the roof. In fact, mortgage rates are higher than they've ever been, I think, since going back to the mortgage crisis in 2008. Inflation remains a significant problem. The deficit has almost tripled. Biden wants to increase foreign funding uh, to, to the war in Ukraine to the tune of hundreds of billions of dollars uh, of your taxpayer dollars. Overall, the consumer price index inflation is up 16% from January of 2001 to today. Groceries are up 23%. Inflation was up in July. It was up 3.2% in July. It's up another 3% in August. Now get this. This is how they trick you, okay? Um, and this is how they, they, you know, the Congressional Budget Office or these people measure unemployment numbers or, or payrolls or things like that. They roll out an artificially strong number and then in order to get a headline and say the economy is better than normal. And then quietly, a couple months later, they refine the numbers and fudge the numbers to what they really are. I'm going to read you the numbers in June for payrolls. June payrolls originally reported at 209,000. The revision one month later, 185,000. June payrolls revision two months later, 105,000. So what was originally a strong 209,000 has been completely deflated to 105, 105,000 two months later. The expectation was 230,000. You see how they lie to you? You see how they manipulate the, this, these, these facts and statistics to trick you into thinking the economy is good, even though your pocketbook is really feeling it and your bank accounts are drained and maybe you, you're driving less because gas is so expensive or you're picking up that extra shift at work because you can barely make ends meet. Uh, but yet these Democrats and their allies in the media, they lie to you. They gaslight you. They gaslight you because they don't respect you. They don't give a damn about you. And they would rather just lie to stay in power. Before I get to the next clip, Natalie is saying that she was doing homework and watching the show. And she can she set her phone down next to me. Commander Melanie's texting. She set her phone down next to, to her, Commander Melanie, and it connected to the Internet, to my to my phone. And she's upset. Natalie. You do not have to be upset. It's okay. We have a family of seven people in this house. It's chaotic all the time. The people that watch this show, it's totally fine. They get it. I tell them all the time that I do my show literally right next to the cat's litter box, which is 10 feet away. So it's just how it goes. We roll with the punches. This is a live show. Everybody gets it. Natalie, it's okay. You're good to go. Um, video. Democrat rep Katie Porter dismisses polling, which shows most Americans say Biden has made the economy worse. Check this video out as this, these Democrats disrespect you and try to gaslight you on the state of the economy.
President Biden has done a terrific job on the economy. And I think this is a matter of just people wanting to, to sort of dream up what they could imagine um, for different kinds of candidates at this point. But the truth is, Joe Biden has a terrific story to tell on the economy. Oh, oh yeah. Joe Biden. Oh, he tells some stories. All right. <laughs> like maybe like the one he told today during his speech at Bidenomics that he was a professor at University of Pennsylvania and taught political theory, even though he's never taught a class in his entire life. But the school paid him a million bucks. Go figure. Yeah. Joe Biden tells stories. All right. I just cited for you all the different ways about how terrible this economy is. And look, I wish the economy was better. Even though I'm not a Democrat and I despise and loathe Joe Biden, I still want him to be successful in his job because an American president that's successful means the American people are prosperous. I love this country. I love this country's people. I want this country to be the best country on the face of the planet. So ultimately, Democrat or Republican, I do want success for an American president. But everything that Joe Biden is doing right now is deliberately intended to hurt you. He's trying to do this stuff and they're lying to you on the media and the media aren't challenging them on any of these things because they don't care about you. And we're going to show you a supercut right now, you know, uh, about, just about in, in two parts about how the Democrats are just gaslighting you on the economy. Let's roll the first part. Polls consistently show that a majority of the American people disapprove of the president's handling of the economy. Eviction filing rates are soaring, 50% higher than they were before the pandemic. Over half of Americans earning a six-figure salary report that they're actually living paycheck to paycheck. Tens and tens of millions of people are struggling to put food on the table. The number of homeless people on the streets and in shelters across the U.S. increased significantly this year. Biden trying to rev up his uh, economic vision for America, but a lot of people aren't buying it because they can't literally buy anything. I'm so sick of how expensive everything fucking is. I don't know how anyone else is surviving out here. I can't go to the grocery store and get a week's worth of fucking groceries without spending $300, $400. Because everything is just astronomically expensive. Eventually, we will have no quality of life whatsoever, not even for the middle class. It'll just be the rich people enjoying life. Is that what you want? Because that's where we're headed. I can't tell you how many people I know, young and older, especially that are living in their cars. And They're living in their car, idiot. We all struggled, but there's a difference between struggling and drowning. I told my son, all you have to do is work hard, go to college or join the military like I did. He has saved almost every dime and still can't afford to live. It's literally turning into the ultra wealthy and then everybody else is just poor. The everyday necessities that people take for granted, you can't afford them anymore. I have never seen somebody pour billions of dollars into another country and not its own that is clearly hurting. Those are real people that are struggling in very real ways with their testimony and what you just heard is diametrically opposed to what Joe Biden is telling you strongest economy in the face of the, in the world, Jack diametrically opposed to what Katie Porter just told you. No, people are really struggling. You know, I, I talk to them every single day. You know, our family is, is month to month, paycheck to paycheck. So these people, these Democrats, uh, they're the worst of the worst. And they know that here's ultimately they know that this election is going to come down to the economy and no amount of spin, no amount of lying, despite their best efforts, is going to conceal the fact that people are really hurting and people are really struggling. And they know for a fact now that their life was better, better uh, when President Trump was president and in the Oval Office just three short years ago. So listen to how the Democrats, the supercut mashes up people with, with, with testimony of people who are really suffering. And the second part of this will be just how Democrats are just brazenly, brazenly lying to the American people on the economy. Bidenomics, Biden's formula for strong economic growth from the bottom up, it's so much greater than even the experts in economic stuff expected it to be. How are you feeling tonight? Are you feeling confident tonight? The Biden administration is crediting Bidenomics. The economy is great. It's a, it's a, it's a Goldilocks economy. I don't recall an economy that is this good. Our economy is doing so well. But guess what? It's working. 
Bidenomics is working. Bidenomics is working. It is actually working. My God, really is morning in America right now. From your lips, Cornell. <laughs> Bidenomics is changing their lives for the better. Most economists fear the most that the United States economy is too strong. We haven't seen an economy like this, and the Biden administration has been more successfully economically than the, than the New Deal. The Bidenomics, this has been the greatest economic growth of any country in the world. The economy is looking in every meaningful metric right now, uh, you know, a, a, frankly, well beyond the expectations of anyone, because real Americans are feeling the benefits. Bidenomics and how well the economy has been doing under Joe Biden. If I were him, I'd actually be declaring victory. This economy is particularly good. People ask me, how did it feel when you were sitting there with a woman vice president of the United States, woman speaker of the House? This is Bidenomics. This is Bidenomics. Everything that Joe Biden has done since the beginning of his administration, he has been winning. Close your eyes. You look at the gas prices that came down. America is doing incredibly well. Bidenomics. Bidenomics? Things have been looking much, much better for the U.S. economy. The reality is much better than you feel. I know we have Bidenomics. Yeah. Our new Obamacare is Bidenomics. Programs that delivered widespread prosperity, jobs, reducing inequality. The Biden economy was like the Rodney Dangerfield of economies. They couldn't get any respect for the things that they'd done. But you knew it was popular. Grabian is amazing with those supercuts, aren't they? But it, these people make me so mad. I absolutely loathe and despise how smug these people are because the truth of the matter is, is that the American people are hurting. And tied directly to economic strength is military strength. And, and I want to end the show with the absolute state, sad state of the United States armed forces. We face threats all over the world, the rising threat of China, which is our number one geopolitical foe, uh, a, a war that is spiraling out of control in Ukraine with a nuclear power that is Russia, a, with a very literal Russian horde. Iran is constantly saber rattling. Joe Biden's trying to pave the way for them to reestablish the Iranian nuclear deal and pave the way for them to actually get a nuclear bomb, which if if they've got fighters on the battlefield that are willing to blow themselves up and kill you, what do you think will happen when they actually get a nuclear bomb? What do you think they'll do to Israel? What do you think they'll do to the, to the United States of America should they find launching capabilities to move those intercontinental ballistic missiles? North Korea is meeting with with Vladimir Putin today. So our enemies are on the move. It's never been a more time, a more dangerous time to be an American. Um, and we are missing all sorts of recruiting goals. I, not a whole heck of a lot of people are reporting on this stuff, but like I was reading about it today and it actually made me so mad because of the BS reasons why they're giving as to missing these these recruiting goals. The Air Force, there's an article here in the Military Times, said the Air Force to miss recruiting goals for the first time in more than two decades. The Air Force will, as expected, miss its active duty recruiting goals for the first time since 1999, Secretary Frank Kendall said during a conference here Monday. We're almost to the end of the fiscal year, and the expectation is we're going to come in short about 10%, Kendall told Military.com during a media roundtable, adding that the, the service plans to address longstanding recruiting issues in an effort, uh, in an effort to improve next year. So Air Force is down. Uh, and what they go on to say is that the current shortfall is the result of lingering effects from COVID-19, strong employment numbers, strong employment numbers, and the cultural headwinds making it more difficult to convince Gen Z to join the ranks. Army also misses its recruiting goals while other branches, this is the, uh, the title of a Fox News article, Army misses recruiting goals while other branches fall behind for the next year. The Army brought in 45,000 new soldiers during the fiscal year of 2022, coming up 25% short of the 60,000 man goal, man and woman goal. While it was the, while it was the only branch while it was the only branch not to meet its goal for the year, the Marine Corps, Air Force, and Navy all suffered recruiting struggles that forced them to dig into their pool of delayed entry program recruits, which put them behind on their ability to meet 2023 recruiting. The Marines, a branch that typically enters a new recruiting year with 50% of its recruiting goals for the year already met, enters 2023 having only met roughly 30% of its target. The Air Force, which usually has 25% of its target met when the new fiscal year begins, is down to 10%, a number it shares with the Navy. 
So PBS is actually blaming this on Tommy Tuberville, Tuberville sitting on promotions as a reason for low recruitment and citing COVID. And what they're saying is, well, people see him stopping promotions and they don't like the dysfunction that the, the, the image that that portrays. And then that's probably the reason why they're not enlisting. Um, I have to tell you that that is complete BS. I mean, right now, the issue, these, these historic recruiting problems that the military is having right now, it is clearly a 20-year legacy of failure in Iraq and Afghanistan. And I can say this, I bled the ground red in Afghanistan, lost 30 of my friends there. We were at war there for 20 years. I watched in a very public way the surrender of Afghanistan. Americans left behind. Our allies left behind. Billions of dollars of American equipment left behind. Uh, Afghanistan is arguably in a worse place today than it was right after 9-11. Why? Because we just gave the Taliban, we gave Hikmati or we gave the Akani Network billions of dollars of our weapons so that they can fight us later. And not only that, the Taliban have woven the Akani Network and woven Hikmati or these, by the way, are basically jihadist mafia foreign fighters into the very fabric of their government. They're murdering all our allies, all the women and the children who dared learn in schools. They're killing them. Afghanistan is worse off than it was after 20 years of U.S. involvement. So is Iraq. In fact, our, our being in Iraq, all it cost us was thousands of Americans dead, the rise of ISIS, and a strength in Iran. So I'll tell you what's causing the, re the recruiting problems. It's a legacy of failure, foreign policy failures. By the way, not because of the folks who are wearing the combat boots. It's because of the suits in Washington making the decision. Which, by the way, is the same damn thing that happened during the Vietnam War. Politicians lost that war. Our military did not. But if you think that young people growing up in America today didn't watch Afghanistan, a wholesale collapse of Afghanistan and the shame that we suffered because of it on the, on the global stage, and you are wrong. Also, tied directly to that, is the military going completely and totally woke? You can read any article out there. I mean, Mike Pompeo wrote one for Fox News saying how at the U.S. Military Academy at West Point, you're not allowed to say mom and dad anymore. You have to say parent or caregiver. You're not supposed to say terrorist. You're not supposed to say, hey, guys. You're supposed to use gender nonspecific terms. Cadets at the military academies are being taught that racism is not only woven into the fabric of our country, but woven into the fabric of our military. Can you imagine? Just think for a second. Is anyone thinking about this? Teaching people who volunteer to serve this country, they do so because they love it. To teach them and train them that our country is an inherently racist and evil place as members of the military is an extraordinarily dangerous prospect, not just for our, our capabilities on the battlefield, but here at home domestically. If the people that are supposed to be protecting us from all threats, foreign and domestic, because that's in the oath that you take, if they hate this country and believe us to be evil, what the hell do you think the end result of that will be? So this woke perversion in our military is also destroying our recruiting goals. I've got two videos to show you exactly what's happening and exactly why people are hesitant. Um, I see this stuff, and and it makes me wonder. Look, my kids, they, they've all asked, for the most part, about the military. I'm not sure I would advise them to go in right now. And I'll tell you why in a second, but roll this first video first. Hey, Daddy. When you gonna stop playing? Bad bitch, I could be a fantasy. I could tell you got big, deep energy. Cause I can hear your heart beating. But I'm. I promise you. 100% promise you that people, kids see that stuff and say to hell with this. And for those of y'all that's listening to the music, those were two men dressed in their uniforms and the screen immediately changing to them dressing as drag queens. 
one of those people for the Navy, the military is actually paying as an influencer to bring in drag queen recruits. What the hell are we doing? And by the way, uh, this offense, I'm going to read you this. This is directly from U.S. military regs. Offense covered by Article 134 of the U.S. Uh, UCMJ. The section states that all disorders and neglects to the prejudice of good order and discipline in the armed forces shall be tried by court-martial and punished. Misconduct prosecuted under the, under the act includes cross-dressing in public view. So what we're seeing in our military is a legacy of failure. You got cross-dressers doing recruiting and a lack of maintenance of the actual standards, standards that have made our military the best military on the face of the earth for the past 200 years. We're watching the radical left communist people in power absolutely destroy that. Faith in, in in our military is at, is at an all-time low, fallen to its lowest point in over two decades. Only 60% of people in this country, which all things considered, especially when you compare it to other institutions in this country, is actually doing pretty good. But for the United States military, for only 60% of the people in this country to have no faith in it is not a good place to be. It's not a good place for our country. It makes us less safe and it emboldens our enemy. So I'm, I'm telling you, uh, the military better get its act together because they are making our country less safe and they are making the world a hell of a lot more dangerous by creating a vacuum that our enemies are filling. And so, hey, listen, everybody, that that's the end of the program today. I'm sorry for the technical difficulties, but uh, if you're still with us, make sure you like and rumble this page, subscribe. It's 100% free. It will always be free. Um, thank you all for watching. God bless you all. I'll see you tomorrow night right here at five o'clock. Thank you all for watching. God bless you all. And God bless this exceptional nation that we call home. Take care. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.